Evening, welcome to the fourth episode of the Soccer Scene uh, from Sporting Limerick, uh, brought to you by myself, Adrian Finnan, joined once again by Jason and Noel O'Connor. We'll start with yourself, Jason, on what is a really bright note this week, a superb start for 3D United, uh, 5-1 victory over Wexford. Now, I know you said 3D were going to go and win that game. I suppose you probably didn't suspect that it would be the scoreline it was in the end of 5-1. No, I definitely didn't, Adrian. And, and look, looking at the first 10, 15 minutes, I certainly didn't think it was going to be a 5-1 treaty game. Um, Wexford started really, really well, high tempo. Their 3-5-2 kind of formation. Um, and, and even that uh, your, your two strikers and one in behind with Dinny Corcoran, obviously, and, and Conor Davis, you know, and... They were very, very threatening. They really were, and, and it looked like they were they were in the ascendancy until Kelly McNamara, I suppose, opened the score in a very, very good goal on 18 minutes. Um, one of three assists from, from Charlie Fleming, who was who was excellent throughout. And I suppose look, goals change games, Adrian. They really do, you know, and, and the timing of the goals, I suppose, for Treaty um are very, very important to note. You know, Joel Custrain in 35 minutes. It's a bit of a gift, really, isn't it? You know, you look at um, Larkin Fitzgerald, you know, getting a, a bit of a, a mix-up, I suppose, with, with Paul Hunt, and it's it's left for Joel just to tap it in. So, you know, a really, really good start. Poor goal conceded direct from a corner on, on 42 minutes, and there was something we highlighted, I think, after the Waterford pre-season game, Adrian, with a little concern about, about Jack Brady from corners, and, and we were proved right. It was a poor goal and a soft goal. And again, the timing of it wasn't great right before half time. You're coming out in the second half then and you're asking yourself who's going to get the next goal. And the next goal is crucial at that stage. And and, and it's a penalty that Treaty gets. So you look at it and from there they kicked on, you know, and, and obviously added two more. But it's a fantastic result. Really, really impressed with Andy Curran. Um, I thought he was fantastic. Very mobile. Led the line really, really well. Obviously, two goals. Charlie Fleming, three assists, was fantastic. Um, and look, it was a really, really good team performance. So, fantastic start for Tommy and the group. It certainly was a fantastic start, Noel. Jason went on about some two of the key players, or two or three of the key players on the night that he felt. Uh, who do you think stood out most for 3D on the evening? Yeah, I think there's no doubt that Enda Kern was the standout player. Um, fitted in really well to, to the way they want to play as well. You know, even last year we were talking about maybe if we were playing one up front, he being isolated, but, you know, he'd a knack of holding on to the ball even for a couple of seconds. Um, I think the 3D players have really bought into the style, um, particularly, say, from last year, there's a bit more belief around the place, I think, because obviously, you know, belief is built on results and the results and success they had last year. I think it's been an easier sell this year. Um, Certainly, the personnel has improved as well around the place, and they're just playing with a, you know, probably more, more confidence and and belief. And we're talking about their their attacking play, which was obviously excellent because they got five goals. But their defensive play, every time they were out of possession, every time there was a turnover, you know, you had ten people behind the ball, you know, there was no reluctance by any of them to get goal side and make it very very difficult for for Wexford. They certainly frustrated them as well. Um, I thought while in attack the the formation suited Wexford certainly in defence it didn't and um, a lot of problems on, on on their left hand side I thought they may have done something different you know 
particularly five or 10 minutes into the second half, maybe gone to flat back four because they were under constant threat down the left, uh, um, under their left hand side, where in front of the left side of center half, you'd uh, Thomas Considine, who looked very good going forward, but didn't really um, put in much of an effort in terms of defense. But that's not taken away from how clinical Treaty were on the night. I think that seven or eight chances and they converted five of them. And they'll be certainly brimming with confidence um, after that result. Yeah, they, they certainly will. And Jason, one player that you highlighted maybe at the start of the year and you were very vocal about how good he was last season was Callum McNamara. You do think he might step on again this year. He got his first competitive goal uh, for the club. Were you impressed by Callum's performance on Friday last week? I was very impressed, Adrian. You know, Mark Walsh didn't have his best game, I felt, for Treaty. Um, so Callum really had a, had a big job in his hands and, and I thought he did really, really well. Took his goal excellently, as we saw. And, and I suppose, Adrian, you know, I was a little baffled last year when when other players are getting picked ahead of him and, and no one has touched on it since we came back this year. Um, why he was left out, you know, and uh, was baffling for all of us and, and he's had a really, really good pre-season. But I suppose, looking for looking at Treaty and, and the model, I suppose, of the club that, that they're trying to build, Adrian, or, or the say they're trying to build, and I think Callum McNamara is an interesting one, you know, he's in L LIT on a scholarship and you'd wonder are Treaty contributing to that scholarship and if they're not, then maybe they should be and, and it's along the lines of the UCD model, I suppose, that has been very, very effective for them over the years. And we don't want to see Treaty having to, to let Callum McNamara go for free at the end of this season or the end of next season because he's only 20, 21 years of age. He has huge potential, or well, certainly in this country, if, if not full-time in, in another country. And you'd like to think Treaty could tie him some way. And if it's not true financial, I suppose, then maybe it's contributing to his studies and that could be a way of tying him to the club, you know, but that's the kind of sustainability piece, I suppose, that Treaty as a club need to look at. The also Willie Armshaw is, is an LIT student, Kieran Hanlon. And I said it at the beginning of the last season, you know, at the beginning of, of January last year, that that's the approach they should take because I don't think they can continue just to let their best players walk out the, the gate for free every year and expect to be able to replace them. Yeah, certainly, we would hope that that wouldn't be a, a growing trend, even though it can be the case uh, at League of Ireland level in general. But, Noel, I know we've spoken about Joel Custrain a lot, and I was actually delighted for Joel that he got his, his goal for the club because, you know, he did endure a tough season last year. And Jason did mention that it came in fortuitous, fortuitous excuse me, circumstances with such a big mistake from Paul Hunt and, and, and Larkin Fitzgerald. But... Sometimes that's the type of luck and kickstart you need as a player. And for it to come on the first game of the season, you'll be hoping he can kick on from, now, from that now. Yeah, we said it um, a couple of weeks ago. It's a big, a big season for him, I think, ahead. Um, certainly, we felt there was a lot more in him last year. And, you know, maybe he didn't, get, he didn't get a chance or enough of chances maybe either, you know. But certainly, he started the right way. Um, he gives the team a lot of balance, I think, because... A bit like when we were saying last week about Dylan McGlaid with Cork about, you know, doing better on a stronger team. Certainly there's a real fit, uh, physical edge to this um, treaty side. They're very big down the middle of the pitch and uh, having a couple of really good technical players like Joel Custrain in the team just gives it um, a nice bit of 
balance. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that he's hoping to build on the performance next week. He should be confident enough that 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 he's going to start the game next weekend. And I, you know, there was a lot of games last year that he played in that, you know, where he came off maybe after 50 or 60 minutes and, you know, you weren't quite sure when you'd see him again or would be a couple of more weeks or an injury or suspension before you see him back in again. But he'll feel now that um, he certainly wants to start again next week and hopefully he can um, become a regular week in, week out. And just to stick with yourself, Noel, for, for a second, um, the Charlie Fleming, obviously we've spoken about his role in the goals the other night. Um, it, was a, it was a good performance from Charlie, it must be said. We know you've had your reservations about Charlie on a few occasions, Noel. I suppose he's had a kind of a stop-start pre-season. Maybe he saw the fact that the likes of Stephen Christopher were going in there. They were talking about Mark Walsh going in there. Do you think that type of competition maybe and maybe that type of fear that some players need uh, can help him? Yeah, I think there's no doubt about that. Everyone wants to play every week and they're looking to see who could take their place. I'm sure Charlie Fleming isn't any different. Um, as you said, um, he had a kind of a, an up and down preseason in terms of injuries and that. And I suppose from my point of view, I'll be more interested to see how he defends against the, the likes of Cork City and Waterford. Then um, I, I, I'd be happy with my with a clean sheet against one of those and a great performance, a great, a great defensive performance. Then... And then he might contribute in a in a five one victory. Yeah, we won't have to wait too long to, to see the outcome of that. Jason, obviously there was great you know, delight in the fact that really got off such a good start. They were very clinical when they got their chances. But there was one slight concern in that it was just as easy that game could have finished five four or five all with the chances that Wexford created. And I know Noel said that. You know, Treaty were gallant in terms of their, you know, effort in defence and and getting back into position. Tommy did mention it after the game as well that he does feel they have a lot to work on, and he was slightly concerned by the amount of chances Wexford created. Would you agree with that? I would, Adrian. Definitely, I touched on it there a moment ago about the start Wexford made. And look, it was a very very attacking lineup. There's no doubt about that. I suppose you know. Um, but I think the difference on the night was, as no one said, treated were clinical and, and Wexford weren't when they got their chances. But Tommy's right to be concerned about the amount of chances that Wexford got. And I suppose if you look closely, I did mention that I didn't feel Mark Walsh had his best outing. You know, he was very, very consistent last year for Treaty. And it was kind of that makeup of that midfield tree, I suppose, that, that you'd need to look at. You know, we've seen Lee Devitt in kind of the sitting position next to Callum during pre-season. That was disrupted by putting Mark Walsh in there. And, and look, Callum was breaking from the middle. Lee Devitt was breaking from the middle. They both had hands in, in some of Treaty's goals. And I think it's just the timing of them runs from midfield and been the awareness, I suppose, of the other people in that unit with you, that you're not leaving the, the two centre-backs exposed, especially when you're up against two strikers. And, I did highlight that last season as well. I thought Treaty struggled when they were up against two strikers last season. And I think that, again, was the case on Friday night. I think Joe Gorman is a larger-than-life character. Great to see him get off the mark and, and a great header um, and great celebrations. But look, he doesn't look match fit to me. He looks like he's carrying a bit and, and he needs to get a little bit fitter. Um, that's a that's an issue as well, I suppose, for, for Tommy. He can't be exposed. He can't be left in 1v1 situations. 
Um, it's okay when you're defending against one striker and Sean Gearns can go and mark and, and Joe Garman can cover or vice versa. But as I said, if, if two of your midfielders go on a break and play gets turned over and you're up against two strikers and Denny Corcoran in behind them, then there's going to be issues and there was the other night. So I think that's what Tommy needs to look at. Is he going to persevere with Joe Garman and try to get him fit through playing games? And is he going to persist with, with that lineup of three in the middle? And if he does, then, then they obviously have to be most, more coherent. Yeah, now we look forward to what possibly will be the approach to Athlone Town. Noel, playing Athlone Town at the Marketsfield Friday night, obviously Athlone got off to a, well, I suppose it's a poor enough, but an expected start to losing 5-2 to Waterford at home last week. Surely, I suppose this is it's a rare occasion in the last maybe year that Treaty have went in as real red-hot favourites to, to a fixture at all. It brings us different pressures, but surely Treaty will be all guns blazing now for, for three points to start off the home campaign as well here. Yeah, I think there's no doubt about that. And I suppose if you could handpick a, a team to play for your first game at home after an away win, it would be at loan. And just because of, of, of where they are, I just picked up the highlights of the game. And again, even the way they played, the way they're set up, the way they want to try and play out from the back, you know, a whole new team, haven't had a lot, um, a lot of time to perfect it. Thought they were picked off a good few times by Waterford. I could see this, certainly the same thing happening um, against that loan. And the one thing, you know, the treaty won't do is they won't be gung-ho like Wexford were, for example, last week. You know, that's just not how, uh, that's not how they roll. And uh, while we'll expect them maybe to go on the attack straight away and, and pour men forward, they, uh, they certainly won't do that. And that'll make it more difficult, really, for that loan, you know, to get... Uh, any kind of foothold in the game and you just feel as, as, as the game goes on, just a sheer uh, physical presence and the confidence and just overall the better personnel that, that Treaty have in the pitch will, will get them over the line um, comfortably enough on, on, on Friday night. It was a great addition as well, Jason, with the League of Ireland show, which shows the highlights of both the First Division and Premier Division, and will show the Women's National League on Monday. That's where I saw the goals between uh, Waterford and Athlone. What Noel was saying is probably correct because at least two of the goals came from, directly from the takes from Athlone trying to play out from the back and, and Waterford picking them off in that way. You knew Martin Russell wasn't going to change his style, but surely that will suit 3D to the ground on Friday. Yeah, you'd, you'd expect so, Adrian. You know, and they'll be buying from, from the five goals last week. They'd be full of confidence, you'd hope. And, and look, we know what to expect from Martin Russell's teams, but as I keep saying, he is a very good coach. He will put the work in with the players, but he also won't change his philosophy on the game. And, and I'd expect him to continue playing out from the back, I suppose, until they get it right. And, and that could cost him results along the way. But look, he's gone in there. It looks all very last minute. As we've said over the last couple of weeks, the budget is, is questionable. And the two goals they got, as you said, we saw on, on the highlight show on Monday night. And that's a fantastic asset again to the league. Yeah. The ball came in the 80-odd minute, you know, and the game was really dead at that stage. One was a penalty. Um, but yeah, you'd really expect Treaty to, to continue the good form starting at the league and, and pick up a home win. Uh, full house for Treaty this week. Um, brings us to the prediction side for the rest of the fixtures. And I know Jason O'Connor was... I'm hoping for 100%. We might give him 100% by default, although all four games in the first division didn't 
uh, go ahead last week with Longford at Lone. You got the three anyway, Jason, so you have the six points in the bag, uh, unlike myself and Noel there with four, so you, you have an early lead. Um, we start now with the predictions, Noel. We'll start with Cork and Galway. Galway have, will travel to Cork. Obviously, we know the whole story behind that with, with John Caulfield uh, returning to, to Turner's Cross. It's Galway's first game. They had the bye week, which is... Uh, really disappointing, I think, for, for the league this year that every team is going to have a bye week at all times. But Cork City had an absolutely blistering start. I know Jason will probably be smirking there because there was no questions about the performance of Dylan McLeish <laughs> last week. He absolutely tore Bray apart. But um, I suppose it, it'll you'd expect Cork to maybe be that bit sharper now after last week. And what, do you, what way do you see it going between Cork and Galway? Yeah, I think it's, it's a big night for Cork. There's no doubt about it. Um, and it's just brings me back to what I kind of brought up, the kind of expectation that, that they're going to have to deal with. You know, there certainly will be a big crowd there, you know, particularly with Galway coming to town. They see them as one of their, you know, the big three, if you like, in the league. Um, they have a huge advantage, I think. Not only have they played a match, but they've won away from home 6-0. You know, they've two or three different goal scorers. The key guys that they want to get off the mark or off the mark, like Barry Coffey and Dylan McGlade. Um, and we know what Galway will be very tough and they'll be very resilient and hard to break down. Um, but I'm going to, unlike last year, I, I just feel that Cork have just a bit too much momentum maybe and I think they'll probably do enough to win the game, but it, it should be a right game anyway. And uh, certainly a lot of pressure on Galway if, if, if they fail to win this one or get something out of it because it's probably highly likely at the end of the night that they'll be six points behind three of the teams so early in, 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 in the league, which obviously brings its, its own kind of pressure. Yeah, I do think that Cork will, will grab possibly an arrow victory anyway in, in that one myself. Uh, what's your own opinion on it, Jason? Yeah, definitely. I'll be, I'll be back in Cork for a home win. No one mentioned Dylan McGlade and, and Barry Coffey, but very, very important for Rory Keaton to get off the, the mark as well, Adrian. You know, we, we questioned that for Cork City last year. Their lack of goals, we think, hampered them a bit. So, look, six goals last week. They're off to a flyer. OK, it's an advantage to have their three points on the board. I'm sure John Caulfield was at the game in Bray or had someone there watching it, so he'll have his homework done. It will make it difficult for Cork City, but I just think there's a little bit of a gap there um, in quality, and I do expect Cork to get the three points. Not that I'm probably expecting, it's easy to say no, uh, but there'll probably be a Bray backlash, you'd imagine. But they're travelling to Waterford, the RSC, this week. Waterford, obviously, full of confidence themselves. I do think that there's going to be another another home win here. Noel, they will be really smarting from that because although Cork, you know, are one of the promotion favourites, you know, the talk is that, you know, the, the merger with Bray and Kevin Teeley, we had our reservations about it, but a lot of people thought that because the better players from Kevin Teeley went in and the they signed likes of Hugh Douglas back that they would be a bit more competitive than that, particularly on the first night. You'd probably expect a reaction, although we don't know if they're going to get it or not. I know that Oscar Brennan left Bray as well. It's hard to know what's going on behind the scenes there. He left without kicking a ball. Um, I know I've gone for a Waterford win. What's your own opinion, Nod? Yeah, I think Waterford are definitely one of the teams to beat um, looked very strong last week albeit against that loan I certainly had my reservations about the Bray merger um, I, I watched the highlights of the Bray-Cork City game I thought some of the body language of the Bray players was very very poor 
we didn't mention it and his name is case we know but obviously they've lost the the under the, the Irish under, under 21 keeper as well I thought the keeper was poor enough for a couple oh, of goals matter, yeah gone to Derry yeah and I, yeah I don't I, I I I it's just a bit soon I get the whole backlash thing but I just think it's a little bit soon for them to to start out all their problems um in six or seven days and I'd expect uh Waterford to get the three points there and just on quality alone, Jason, you'd imagine, because a lot of people last year, even I remember Phoenix Patterson actually got to play the month in one of the summer months in the Premier Division. He started off like a house on fire the other night as well. So with the likes of those threats, like you can't really see past Waterford, you'd imagine. No, definitely not, Adrian. And, and look, I mentioned the, I suppose the gap in, in quality that I feel is there, even with Cork and, and Galway. And I think there's definitely a, a gap in quality with Waterford, Cork, and I suppose the rest of the group, and I'd, I'd include Bray in that, I think Bray will be in and around the playoffs. I said that last week, but the games against Waterford, the games against Cork, and the games against Galway for them are probably a bridge too far. And and look, they might get it round the wagons and they might get a little bit of a backlash, but you can't see past Waterford. And, and I suppose Bray will be honest with themselves. We said Pat Devlin, vastly experienced, and he won't be targeting games against Waterford, he'll be targeting games against Treaty, um, I suppose at Longford and, and teams like that in the middle of the table for, for his big wins, if you like. And, and it's the same as Cork playing Galway. You know, no one said it there. Galway won't want to lose and, and go six points behind. You wouldn't expect the likes of Longford and, and Bray and, and Treaty to be picking up wins against Waterford, Cork and Galway. So I don't think Bray will be expecting the three points and, and I think it'll be a Waterford win. And just to stick with yourself to mix it up, Jason, the, the final fixture, which will take place on Friday, although I saw it advertised for Saturday in a couple of places, but Cove will host Wexford. Obviously, this will be Cove's first game of, of the season because the game at Longford was, was cancelled last week. A, a real pity for Longford, who won't play until next week. Uh, it's, it'll be a long way for them to, to play their opening fixture. A little harder to call, it, it must be said, Jason, to be fair. Yeah, but look, I was impressed with, with Wexford in patches. Last week, Adrian, you know, and I think they'll have too much for Cove at the weekend. I know they're travelling there, you know, it's the way a fixture for them. But I just think there's goals in that team, you know. We mentioned Conor Davis, we mentioned um, Dilly Corcoran, and, and while no one mentioned Thomas Considine, very, very good going forward. And, and you wouldn't expect Bray to be as good as Treaty were on the transitions, you know, and, and they won't certainly be as clinical in their finishing. So I'll be going for a Wexford win there. Yeah, what about yourself, Noel? Yeah, I think so. I think Wexford, in fairness to them, even though obviously a very heavy defeat, but I agree with Jason. I thought from some of their attacking was really good, the way they kept the ball, the way they moved the ball. Um, I just thought they were a bit naive in terms of, you know, their defence, defensive work, I assume, as he, as their manager was a top centre half for years, that they'll certainly be doing a lot of that this week. And, you know, on paper, they certainly have a lot uh, or too much firepower for Cove, and I feel that um, that they should get the three points there and get back on track. Almost tactically waited to see who you pick for that because they didn't want us to have all the same teams. So I'm going to go for a draw now in that one, just for the simple fact that we don't all have the same picks for next week. Um, that's it for us, I suppose, for this week. Uh, it was great to discuss such a, a big win for 3D United, and obviously we are expecting another 3D win. On Friday, although, you know, any game in this league can, can be hard to, to pick from. But um, 
thanks to Jason Noel to, to, for joining us here and we will hopefully be discussing another treaty win next week and hopefully all games will go ahead I suppose as well with the weather and, and we will be back with you next week so thanks very much for joining us everyone